Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And, and you're, you're about, about to, to get, get jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 196 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Yu Yu Hakusho episodes 92 through 94, where is Yusuke the baddie? Yusuke goes all long hair don't care, and we spend a whole episode playing Where Are They Now? Where are they now? Blake went off to college, and we was never heard from again because he was lost to a cult. And Spencer, Spencer became the president of a very small league of lizards that hung out by the side of a pool. Next time on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, there's no next time because that's the end and that's that's where they went to. And uh, and did I do this right? Is that is that is that the end? Are we? Are we? Let's jump in. It's really inspiring stuff, Spencer. Yeah, man. Yeah. Hey, Blake. Uh-huh. Are you dead? <laughs> uh, no, but I'm getting closer every second. Yeah. Uh, Blake, uh, Blake apparently has developed sickitis. Uh, it's a... It's yeah. a little known sickness where you're sick. Um, and uh, as part of sickitis, one of the things that happens is that you have to take a medication uh, called Theraflu and slowly it loses its power, I'm assuming. <laughs> well, you're supposed to take it like once every four hours while symptoms last and we are within the last hour before I would take another dose. So, yeah, you know. And I'm big, so a lot of the times I feel like those things sort of wear off on me within the last hour rather than, like, lasting through it. Yeah. But yeah, I got some COVID tests to make sure that I don't have the thing again. That would be annoying. I mean, I got it, you know, back in, what, February or January. Yeah. I thought I was going to go get another COVID booster, too. I thought we were all cleared to do it, and then I was looking at the CDC's website, and apparently... I'm all up to date according to their current guidelines, which I've um, like vaguely annoyed by because I wanted to get another dose since it's been about six months and I don't want to get the thing. So are you uh, sick yeah, with I'm the gonna, sick? I haven't done my test yet. I just got home from going to get some at-home tests and then I had lunch and that was when you called me and now here we are we're recording. I'm placing mm. this above my health. Mm. Mm. So if this is the last episode, then that's what had happened. Yeah. Well, um, well, anyways, uh, Blake, uh, there's some news about Hunter x Hunter. Tell us that. Yeah. You know how it's a manga that goes on hiatus all the time? Well, apparently it's currently on hiatus, but the author was like, I'm going to be back soon. So there you go. Yeah. I don't know if anybody is, I don't know if anybody is up to date on Hunter x Hunter, especially the manga. Are you? Uh, yes. Uh, it is, it is taken a very different turn. Um, he's decided that he wants to go and build all the world building, um, which I am for, uh, but it's lost a lot of its, let's say charm. (laughs) Um, if I'm reading between the lines, it seems like you're indicating that it's a little unfocused these days. It's more so that it's like it's like he he decided to drop a lot of the the pretenses of the world 
um, that drew a lot of people in for like the the fun loving adventure portion of the manga and instead uh-huh. shifted into the weird world and what the fuck crazy shit can I create inside of this world manga. Um, yeah. and I, I do appreciate that. And the more I've read it, the more, you know, I, I read all the way up to date and then I had to reread some because it gets a little, I think the best word for it would be, uh, Lord of the Ringsy. Um, it, in okay. that, or maybe more Silmarillion, um, where he's decided that he wants to put in as much different stuff inside of the world before you get to the next part of the arc. Um, and it, it is, it is one of those moments where you're just like, you're injecting things that I didn't know existed inside of this world. And I guess, I guess that's just going to be a thing now. Uh, like there's a whole thing about phantom beasts, uh, that you're going to find out about. Um, and you know, there's weird monsters inside of the world we've already seen, but like, you're going to get more weird shit. Um, there's like a a whole thing about riding on a whale. You'll see it's weird. (laughs) I hope I see. I wish they would put it on the Shonen Jump thing so I could read it, but they don't. Yeah. Cause I guess it's owned by somebody else and I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. Also give me Shaman King. Yeah. Anyways. Hey, Blake, we have episodes to talk about, and let's do them before you die. Good God. Uh, Okay. Do you want to know what had happened? Okay. Is this going to be that I'm previously on? If you want, you can tell us all those things, because this is the end of an arc, so it's a great time to have a confusing lead-in. Okay. So so here's the thing that happened previously on Yu Yu Hakusho. Um, There's this guy... Uh, named Yusuke Urameshi, and he died because he tried to save a little kid. Well, I mean, I guess he didn't try. He successfully saved a little kid from being hit by a car. Um, And then when he died, uh, he was given the chance to come back to life if he did good deeds. Um, And so he decides to do those good deeds, and uh, he comes back to life. And uh, don't, don't get too held up on that, though, because he becomes a spirit detective pretty quickly afterwards. Um, and uh, you remember how we were talking about the creator of Hunter x Hunter being a little bit of somebody who changes their mind all of a sudden in the middle of things? Well, this is the same creator. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so this creator decided that he wanted to go on a different journey, which was to go with Yusuke in becoming a spirit detective and dealing with monsters. And he's not so much a detective as he is a spirit police officer um, or a spirit fighter. Um, He is going to fight some demons after doing a single case. Um, And then after that, uh, he's going to run around just basically murdering monsters until he gets forced into uh, a a dark tournament. And then after the dark tournament is over, um, he has to capture all these people that are becoming psychics or defeat them so that they can stop creating a portal to basically hell um, where big giant monster demons would destroy the entire planet if they came through. Um, So that's fun. Um, Our main antagonist uh, inside of these episodes uh, is that that's, that's going to be, Oh my God. Why? uh, Since we um, is going to be the main antagonist. Uh, He has gathered together these other psychics. They don't matter at this point. Because they yeah. have all either been defeated or are currently just fucking off inside of another dimension. 
Um, yeah, we'll obnoxiously spend a lot of time on them in the last episode of coverage yeah. today, but they don't technically matter. <laughs> yeah, instead, the last thing that happened is since we killed Yusuke, and, you know, we're used to Yusuke dying as Yusuke has done, this would be the third time in the show, um, and instead of coming back to life this time as normal Yusuke, or Yusuke with some life cut off of him, Instead, he comes back this time as a demon that was reborn from Polas Island, um, and uh, <laughs> he is going to come back and get into a fight with Sensui, and I've been alluding to this many, many times in our past coverage coming up to this. Uh, we're going to go into episode 92, The Proof, and the proof of me saying that they're going to jump the fucking shark is that, like... They have introduced three things in succession out of nowhere at the end of this fucking arc. Here they are. First, Yusuke has had demon blood in him there the entire time. There is a thing where demons come back inside of human form if that human dies in a very specific way, but their body isn't destroyed. Um, and they have this demon blood like inside of them as like a secret agent, even though that didn't happen the first fucking time when he died, even though he got hit by a car, but whatever. Um, I guess he has enough power enough. this time. Yeah. I yeah. guess he, I guess he had enough more metal. Yeah. Anyways, uh, the next thing that is a complete ass pull, uh, out of this is that there is like a, a straight up dumbass, uh, mostly white people Ginyu force, um, that comes from the spirit world and they are going to be these guys that are like, they're really there for two reasons. First reason is that they're the people that are going to fix while off screen, the Kakai barrier that we've been worrying about that. I guess the writer wanted to stop writing about, um, instead he wanted Dragon Ball Z fight. Um, and the second thing is that like, they are ref fucking ridiculous. All they do is never fight and just bitch. <laughs> And yeah, they're the bitch squad. What is th with their voice actors? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I haven't seen the the Japanese version of this. Uh, I've watched some episodes in Japanese, but I haven't watched these episodes. Um, and I swear to God, these voice actors, not to be like detrimental on voice actors, it's a hard job. I one day aspire to be a voice actor, but holy shit, these people, I... They are not invested in what's happening in front of them. Um, they, it just, it, it feels like the bare minimum. Like they went out and they were just like, you, PA, come in here real quick. Voice three <laughs> of these characters. <laughs> and I think that the reason I'm so spoiled by this is that I am genuinely, genuinely, like lovingly remembering the actual Ginyu force. Um, which is voiced beautifully originally. Every one of those characters in original Dragon Ball Z, Ginyu Force, and the Frieza saga on Namek, holy crap, all of them are memorable. Not even, like, the least of them was, like, the surfer bro that had, like, the red body and white hair. Yeah, um, that's my favorite one. And, like, the little froggy guy that would... Jace, talk, right? Yeah, Jace. And the little froggy guy that was like, talk like this. Um... <laughs> like like the Cartman voice. Man, they had such interesting and weird takes on everything. And in Yu Hakusho, they do a pretty fucking good job at casting voice actors. Like, as much as I make fun of Kuobara's voice actor, that voice actor make a 
made a fucking choice and stuck He's with it. Work. And you yeah. you became like you slowly fell in love with Kuwabara. There are people that are just like Kuwabara voice actor is the only voice actor of the American version. And like I get it. Kuwabara really grows on you in a way that I'm assuming that Kuwabara, if you met him in real life, would be somebody that had to grow on you. Like like you originally got real sick of him and then you he sort of started to win you over with his love of kittens. Um, and then, you know, his softy side where he's, uh, you know, in love with this girl. Anyways, um, the, the last ass pull is one that, man, it, it is really bad for me. Um, and we have to kind of get into this episode in order to know that about it. So Yusuke has jumped through the portal. And then we are going to find out that these people that have been like the elite fighters were not aware that there is an A-class demon, and then there beyond that, there is an S-class demon. And now, Yusuke and Sensui are both S-class demons. and Or at least at the level of at, an S-class demon. Yes. And both of them were basically at this level when they went through the Kakai barrier. So, question. What is the Kakai barrier doing? <laughs> Well, at one point earlier in this arc, they explained that the demons generally go up in size as they go up in power and that they can't fit through the butthole into the world. And it feels like such an ass pull to me, man. It just, well, it just feels like it just feels like there was there was a need to get them out of the human world so they could do the most Dragon Ball Z fight that he has ever done. Like, yeah, they have a literal Dragon Ball Z moment where they're like, we're fighting over here, but let's stop fighting so we can go over there to an also oh, desolate place. And you must, you it. mean, you mean pointy mountain? Um, when uh-huh. you is like, Hey, look over there at that pointy mountain. Let's go over there and destroy that pointy mountain. And, and I they love do it so much. They do. Cause it's so funny. Cause you're like, Oh, they're going to go. I, I don't know. I, I got the impression that he, I don't know exactly why he wanted to change location, but I got the impression that it was basically that his friends were really close because uh, Kubara and Karama and Hie and uh, Koenma are all riding on poo. And I'm not going to explain that. Uh, and they're, <laughs> and they, they are sitting on poo watching this fight and they are as a father of two, close. I can tell you right now, it is uncomfortable on their little tissues to sit on poo. <laughs> so they're, they're nearby. And the only thing that I could come up with is that Yusuke is sort of like tangentially aware that they are over there and that all the energy that he and since we are letting off could be dangerous to them and that he and since we will travel much more quickly than they will and so if they change locations then he will buy himself some time to do big blasts and not have to worry about hurting his friends yeah Um, i don't know that that actually bears out in the episode but that's the only reasoning i could come up with yeah yeah they're like they look off into the distance they're like look there's that pointy mountain let's go over there fight at the pointy mountain and then like Two seconds of screen time later, the mountain just like crumbles because they made it there and they started fighting and destroyed the mountain immediately. And I just found that like weirdly hilarious. Yeah. They're like this, this noticeable landmark in an otherwise 
you know, desolate landscape. Let's go over there because that's a landmark. And then they just ruin it. Yeah. And it, by the, by the way, when we are talking about like a Dragon Ball Z level fight, the thing that we are talking about, if you are not aware of Dragon Ball Z level fights, um, uh, I, I would say first, uh, you need to, uh, pay attention to all of the shonen that happened before this, but here's the other thing that's going to happen. And it's very hallmark of Dragon Ball Z fights. Punches, go too fast for you can you can so they go so fast that you can't see them and so because of this you just kind of assume that they're doing badass fight sequences but you don't ever see the blows really landing they do a little bit of a better job inside of this than a lot of the dragon ball z bullshit fights um and uh they they show some of the strikes inside of this and show some of the different weird cool powers like since we when he shifts from defense mode to offense mode is kind of cool um but yeah because he has to change his costume and he his costume straight up changes to like court jester but fashion yeah and it is absurd yeah um but the other thing that's going to happen is that every time that they do any any battling at all, it creates so much of an energy wave blast away from them that it's just going to destroy everything that they're standing on and around. And so this is best described and shown by the way that uh, Yusuke's friends who are riding in the air on Pooh um, are like pushed back at every blow. And they are like, I don't know what the fuck is happening, especially Kuwabara, who's like, I really don't know what the fuck is happening. Um, and so um, they get to a point where Sensei seems like he's about to overtake Yusuke. Yusuke, instead, is going to start to lose consciousness for a moment and then fully loses consciousness when a demon form of himself who takes control of his body starts to fight. This is where we get full, 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 na- like, on Namek turn into a fucking... Super Saiyan for the first time moment happens in episode 93 where Yusuke grows big long hair and uh, gets some weird tribal tattoos on his body Um, and he gives us I don't know there's been a couple of them in this show and a couple of them in other shows that we have watched so far but other than One Punch Man I don't believe that there has been a larger curb stomp battle than this one he beats the ever-living shit out of Sensui. <laughs> like, holy shit, he beats the shit out of him. There's even one point it's, where he just has him on the ground and he's just stepping on his chest over and over again. Yeah, it is wild. And what's so what's so crazy to me about this is that, like, this is... This is the end of an arc. This is the end of the fourth major arc third major arc i don't remember i think i think there are a few smaller stories that stand out like the whole thing with rando in in season one that is sort of noteworthy but doesn't take an entire arc to sort of like play out um so it's a little nebulous but this is a ways into the show and this is a very big bad and he is just beaten senseless with no effort whatsoever after all this buildup. And I was like, it's kind of cool. And it's also kind of disappointing. And I don't know where I'm landing on that. Yep. And uh, here's the deal. I feel that 
what Blake is feeling is what I was talking about. They built up this final battle and Yusuke turning into like this badass into this moment that you were going to, as a, as an audience love and be like, Oh, it is this culminating moment inside of the show. And here's the thing. It's not, it's just (laughs) a big spectacle with no payoff. And it is, I don't know how many people I've talked to online about this um, and in real life that watch Yu Yu Hakusho, but most people will agree that this is like a moment that feel, felt like a betrayal of the way that they had done the show so far. Like, Yusuke gets beaten down, Yusuke finds a way to win is one of like the truest shonen protagonist things that you will see inside of a show. Yeah, and, your hero is too scrappy to lose. Yeah. Is such a protagonist thing from Shonen. And yeah, so Yusuke. Yeah, and but yeah, I he I see what you're he, saying. he like embodies it. And the problem yeah. that a lot of people have here is that Yusuke is going to turn into a different person. So we don't even really get the fight from Yusuke and Sensui. Instead, you have Sensui, a person who is like a great villain because he is like dealing with this in a way that he believes is going to be the right way in order to deal with the human problem instead of him, like having a realization or going through some sort of cathartic moment. Instead, he is just beaten to death and then shot with a giant spirit gun and is unable to dodge it before Yusuke can take back over his body and in his final moments, just lament over Sensui. Like it is, it is just a it is just a weird weird ending of a otherwise great arc. It is weird. I didn't receive it as negatively as you did. Partly I think with the dark tournament against Togoro, that was the big everything has been leading up to this fight. And it's definitely not like you can't have multiples of those. Um but I I think especially in in this show, these like I'm thinking of like My Hero Academia has a lot of like throwdown fights, but their powers are also more narrow and have a sort of wider and more unique array of things they can do. I would also say that about Naruto. I would say that in the grand scheme, up against some of those other big shonen temples, shows like Dragon Ball and uh, Yu Yu Hakusho, their powers aren't that varied. Their, their power pool is pretty pretty much just some type of energy blast versus your type of energy blast and um, and so I think that I think that where shows like Naruto my Hero Academia bleach that kind of thing can can pull out like a this is a new cool power that's crazy and the the fascinating intrigue of this fight is how will you know our our hero with a familiar power overcome this villain with an unfamiliar power and, or what new power will sort of spring from the hero's familiarity that will feel like a sort of extension of what they've been doing. a sort of like power level up that will match this new threats. And I think that's what's so much of the fun of like superpower anime is like enjoying getting introduced to all the different powers and seeing how they, they play off of each other and seeing all the fun, creative ways that you could sort of smash those action figures together. In this, it's different because for the most part, everybody is just blasting energy. You know, you have your Karamas who 
uh, is sort of an outlier where he fights using demon plants and those plants uh, get to do all kinds of cool shit. You know, there's a little bit of a, a strike against him because the plants just sort of are narratively convenient, but they're fun. So it works out. Um, Hie is doing energy blast, but it's fire. Kuwabara is doing energy blast, but it's sword. You know, it's all kind of the same shit. And it, that's not to say that it's bad or disinteresting, but it does feel a little bit more limited than a lot of those series that come later on that are more about like narrower definitions of what this character can do. And so when you look at it from that standpoint, narratively, this is a, you write yourself a bit into a corner because you already had the big strong boy and your main character with the spirit gun. What are you going to do to make this finale any different than the Dark Tournament, other than the fact that the character Yusuke is fighting is technically a different character, and that they are fighting in technically a different location? And so I think that there's some interesting narrative challenges here that resolving this plotline in is such an unexpected way, it has a sort of intriguing merit to it, or at least a hint of what could be merit to it as making that choice just to make sure that we're not like that every arc isn't i don't know you hear this criticism a lot from from people that don't love marvel movies it's like every superhero movie has to end with a big superhero fight and it's like for some people those big superhero fights are different each time because of who's involved in them where they are what the stakes are etc and for some people it's always just the same kind of thing and the window dressing changes a little bit and they don't get it and so I think that there it's a bold move for this author to take this ending in such a different direction. And I think that that's interesting, and I think it is debatably valuable while definitely being a bit unsatisfying. What actually strikes me a little bit more as unsatisfying is the fact that in these last few episodes, I guess if we include some of the episodes from the last time we covered this, where Yusuke gets killed and we find out that he has demon blood and you know, he had, he ends up being revived the last time we covered Yu Yu Hakusho, but this is where he actually puts it to the test. But for the most part, that's never been mentioned. As far as I can tell, it's never been alluded to. And so it, it sort of comes out of nowhere at the end of this arc. And then because the like demon force or personality or whatever takes over Yusuke's body and kills Sensui so thoroughly Yusuke doesn't really fight Sensui at the end, and the ending of this arc really becomes about, like, what was all that demon shit? Like, they sort of wrap up this arc and reveal that this whole thing has been exposition for whatever's about to happen next. And yeah. that is... Uh, it's definitely unsatisfying. It makes me think of those moments in Hunter x Hunter where I felt, like, based off of you know, established anime shown in anime sort of like story cadence, you could expect, you know, some exciting confrontations in your future. And then every time it would get to that point in the story, about 80% of the time, the author would find a way to write himself out of those confrontations so that they just became near misses or conversations. And you didn't get the cool fights that you felt like you were being promised for, you know, multiple episodes. This is similar, but I do think it's a narrative challenge. I think that this is an interesting solution, if not necessarily the best one. And I think for me, the part that's upsetting is other than being sort of bewildered at how this arc ended, uh, I think for me, I was more annoyed by the fact that like the ending of the arc seems to be invalidating what came before it as just some sort of like expository lead-in. 
It is interesting that Yusuke is upset that Sensui is dead. Specifically, he's upset because he didn't get to fight Sensui. He's like, I came back to life. I was ready to brawl. I got my new souped-up demon-boosted powers. And then some motherfucker took over my body and killed you before I had the chance to fight you. And that's not fair because I was supposed to fight you. And it's really, there's this really funny moment too where Yusuke is like holding Sensui's body as Sensui is dying. And he's like, you have to come back to life. We didn't fight properly. We have to fight properly. And then like all of Yusuke's friends are standing around behind him and they're like, I kind of see where you're coming from, but I don't agree with you. (laughs) Yeah. Like this guy sucked and it's probably for the best that he's dying instead of you reviving him. He even tries to get Kawinma to bring him back to life. Yeah. So, so let's go, uh, let's go on from this, uh, and find out what happened to the rest of everybody. Um, this is called Topside, Um, and, uh, we are going to get a, a, a tale about Dr. Sniper, Seaman, Game Master, Kido, Kaido, and, uh, Yanagasawa? Um, pretty close. And they go back living their normal lives. Uh, basically, even though they did horrible things. <laughs> well, the like, three at the end were the, are our heroes allies, but yeah, the, all of the people that were working for since we just get off scot-free, there's a really unpleasant moment where, where the doctor who is wanted for murder finds his wanted poster and laughs about it. And he's like near a police station and the police officer's like, this guy's wanted for murder. It's not funny. And the dude's like, no, it's not funny, but I've been told I look like him and I don't see it. And he walks off and then like the narrator is like, he used his doctor powers to change the shape of his face so that he can live a normal life. And I'm like, I I get that he's reformed, but he did kill all those people though. Yeah. He just murdered many, many people and he's being let off scot-free. That's not okay. he has a conversation with Sniper. They meet each other in the woods because, you know, why wouldn't you? And they're like, Doctor is like, I think that since we manipulated us, I think that he lied to us, which is true. Uh, and basically, basically they're, they're de- debriefing on what all happened. And they're like, since we misrepresented what he was going to do and why he was going to do it, and he manipulated us into believing that we should be on his side. And I don't think that we are responsible for our actions as his allies because we were manipulated. And Sniper's like, nah, I knew what I was doing. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I just, I just think I, I heard that and I was like, this is interesting. Like this philosophical argument of like, I did bad things because an enigmatic leader came along and used misinformation to trick me into being a worse person than I would have been otherwise. And now with the benefit of hindsight, I can see that I did those bad things because of falsehoods and with, you know, the light of day and knowing what I know to be true and false. Now I wouldn't have done those things. And so I'm not really responsible for those things. It's a bit of a moral backflip, but it's an interesting philosophical conversation. But I love that Sniper just instantly shuts it down because I was a little bit like, ah, that is really letting yourself off easy, isn't it? And then Sniper's just like, nah, I knew what I was up to. And I think you did too. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I think Sniper's right here. We also uh, also glossed over Sensui's thing at the end. Right before he dies, he explains that he wanted to open the tunnel to the demon world ultimately because he wanted to live 
in the demon world and die in the demon world because he felt bad for when he was a spirit detective and he would kill demons because he was under the impression that demons were inherently bad and humans were inherently good. And then he had his mental break when he found out that humans could do bad things and he decided that humans were worse than demons. And so like this whole time he's been talking about like, I want to bring the demon world to the human world to sort of destroy the human world as payback for them being terrible people. But actually he just wanted an excuse to open a tunnel so he could go to the demon world as a sort of like personal like internal apology tour or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's pretty weird. This is, yeah, this is not that. I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't fully work. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If you're, if you're along for the ride and you got confused at that moment, don't worry. Lots of people did. (laughs) Um, Kurama and Hiei are back in the human world and they're watching over Yusuke and they're concerned about him because now he's a big, powerful demon and that big powerful demon persona took over his body, and who knows if or when that could happen again. And that could be a big problem. Uh, Kuwabara and Keiko are back in school, and they are just being middle schoolers, because these characters are all in middle school somehow. And Yusuke is skipping class a lot, because he is just like, I I did this whole thing, the world was going to end, I had a big fucking fight, a demon took over my body. I learned out that I have demon blood in my history. The fight ended in a way that was really unsatisfying, and now I just have to live with it, and I don't know how they can live with it, because I can't. He's all moody, and at one point, Kubar comes to borrow a math book from him, but he hides, and I was like, you could at least give him the math book, but whatever. So that's it. They're back in the human world. Yeah, and... uh that's where we're going to leave our friends. Uh, Yu Yu Hakusho is going to uh, continue to, in, uh, in true form of the creator of Hunter x Hunter, uh, putter out until the end. Um, it, <laughs> cool. So get excited um, and uh, <laughs> continue with us after these credits and we'll talk about what's coming on next week. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions and presented as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. Sound editing is done by Rashad English. He's our level 13 sound wizard. 13? Did he jump even more levels? He gained a lot of experience by defeating the Dark Lord of Smooth Jazz. Do you mean Chuck Mangione from King of the Hill? Rashad is the King of the Hill now. Damn it, Bobby. Anyway, our podcast is ad-free, and if you want to keep it that way, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at Reddit.com slash R slash Get Jumped. Also, we have a Discord server. You can find the links to that on all of our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New review episodes come out every Monday, and new rewatch episodes appear every Friday. And hey, thanks for listening. Hello, my name is Jeremy Snow, owner and editor-in-chief of The Geekly Grind. We interrupt your awesome, regularly scheduled programming to ensure you're aware of The Geekly Grind podcast network, of which this show is a treasured member of, 
If you haven't had a chance to check out our site, you can do so at thegeeklygrind.com, and while you're there, take a look at the other members of our steadily growing podcast family, including the anime-centric Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, discovering new heroes on comic book keepers with Chris and Lance, exploring the vast universe of geekdom with Geek Exploration, or appreciating animation's finer details with JD's Ink and Paint Club. Escape your weekly grind at the Geekly Grind. Next time on Blake and Spencer Got Jumped, we're watching Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, episodes 46 through 48. Yeah, we're going to go and uh, hang out with uh, some nice, nice friends. Uh, they look like many friends, uh, but they're truly just one big, giant friend. Don't worry if you uh, can't see them. They're right behind you. Uh, don't, don't freak out. There's a lot of eyes and teeth and, uh, well, maybe freak out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs>